0: This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
0: We got to start on business on this Wednesday because we've been slacking the last couple of times it is war cry Wednesday I'm not going to allow anybody to text us to tell us hey don't forget no I'm telling you right now we are not forgetting because of how much we messed up last week we did it at the very end of the show at ACC media days we were too scared to yell in Tony Bennett's face and so we decided to go with our tail between our legs and not even do a war cry Wednesday but not today folks not today. We're going to get started immediately and then get off the bus talking about some round ball. Are you ready, Fitty, Or are you going to wimp out like you've tried to the last couple of times? I'm calling you out. I want you to yell alongside me and Wes. Let's I, just,
3: go. I just got my voice back. You want to make me lose it again?
0: Yes, it's funny to me. It amuses okay. me. It amuses me. Let's do it. On the count of three, I don't care if you're at your cubicle. No excuses. I don't care if Tony Bennett is in hearing range. I want to you hear you it. You can mime yell. it, too, though. If you don't do the full Warcraft, if you're somewhere where you can't do
2: it, you can mime it and just do the gesture and the motion like you're screaming.
0: Okay, Wes gave you an out. I was yeah. not being that nice, but Wes is nice. <laughs> Maybe I was going overboard. I apologize. We're going to yell, though, at the count of three. Let's all do it together. One, two, three.
4: <laughs> it's all Let's get
0: off the bus. Mm. Good,
2: good, good, getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! Kick it! I can feel
0: it. That was a good one. I'm very proud of all of us, including Fiddy. The problem is, huh. uh, you have to, you have to ramp him up to do it, but he always delivers. It's always a good yell. He definitely does. It's always... It doesn't take I see those cheeks get red screaming with the blood rushing to his brain. I know he's yelling. Finney is always about to
2: show at the end of the day. That's why he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. Even sometimes if he doesn't feel like it, it's like working out. Sometimes you don't feel like it, but after you do it, you feel great that you did
0: it. My my crazy weight training coach in high school, Coach Mackey, who just sounds like a crazy dude, he said there are two times to do something. When you feel like it and when you don't. <laughs> and, I like that Yeah, it's great And and of course, that was the crazy football coach He was the one that would have the wildest stuff to say We had this conversation Everybody remembers the crazy coach they had in high school Or maybe in college if you played Coach Mackey was that guy to us Big Cat Dan, we didn't forget, baby No, we didn't, no, we did it, Big Cat See, I beat you That's exactly what I wanted to do right. I beat you, but we appreciate for everybody holding us accountable Alright, speaking of holding people accountable That's what Steve Clifford is about now Wes, the Hornets were without Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and Brandon Miller last night. Here we go again. They had so many injuries, (laughs) and yet Steve Clifford didn't hear for the excuses, man. He said, if we're not playing well, we're going to call it like we see it. It doesn't matter if it's at the beginning of the season. It doesn't matter if you're a young guy out there. If you are out there on the court, you need to know what to do. Steve Clifford is here for the accountability and here he is after the game discussing that they have to learn from a loss to the Miami heat
4: you have to be able to learn from these games you know what I mean like that's what the best teams do that's what they'll do and that's what we have to do so that we continue to get better bottom line tonight is if we could have stayed organized for longer, you know, we would have or, or would have given ourselves a. We gave ourselves a chance to win, but that was a winnable game right there. And you just, again, especially against them, you can't get possessions away with. Guys don't know what the sets are. Guys don't know what the coverages are. It doesn't matter how old they are. Mm. Okay, if they're going to be out there, they got to know what's going on.
2: Whoo! I love it, man. Yeah. It's much needed. You get tired of this with this team, man. The lack of maturity. You get out there, eighteen turnovers, that's what cost you the game. It's inexplicable. You get out there and shoot forty six percent from three and you lose the game, man. It's like come on, and then we gotta get some rim protection, man. Zero blocks on the night, that, that's unacceptable.
0: Our boy, Mark Williams.
2: Yeah, man. I wanna crown him the new Matumbo, but he's not helping me.
0: And he's only had one block in the last five games yeah, that's and last. So a couple storylines here. They lose to the Miami Heat, 111-105. This was the second game of group play in the in-season tournament. You would have loved to see them find a way to get this victory, go 2-0 in the in-season tournament. Something to look forward to for Hornets fans. But they dropped this one, as I mentioned, to the Miami Heat, of course, of all teams, teams that a team that a lot of Hornets fans Mm -hmm. hate. Here are the storylines to me. Number one, P.J. Washington had had an awful shooting stretch, got back on track in this game. This was reminiscent to what they needed pj to be damn near every game last year and you can't do it because as much as i like pj as much as i'm the fanboy of this station i know that he's not an all-star and he'll never record an all-star appearance i value him for what he is as a three and d guy and versatile pj showed you this is the time where he can step up in spots he can be an offensive player uh, guy that's responsible for a lot of your offensive production in spots, but if you're asking him to do that every single game, that's where it gets wonky. That's what we saw last year. Second storyline for me, not in order, but another one to take away. Lamelo's starting to hit his shots here, Wes. Uh, the three-point shot, it's fallen. He's back up to about 37% from deep. Got to the foul line last night, went 6 of 6 from the free throw line, but only 9 of 26 from the field. There, There's so much weight on the shoulders of LaMelo and PJ in this game. The rest of the starting lineup, it included Teo Maladon and JT Thor. Those were two of your five starters, including Mark Williams, who sat the rest of the fourth quarter because Steve Clifford wanted to go to Nick Richard. Nick Richards was flat out playing better. Steve Clifford said those words. We were playing better when Nick Richards was out on the floor. So I don't wanna blame LaMelo too much. I don't wanna blame PJ too much or anything like that. But when we talked about, oh, that's the old LaMelo, and we were discussing it in a positive way, Wes, there's also some negatives that come with it. Mm -hmm. And that's the foul trouble rearing its head time and time again. Now, LaMelo's out there on the floor. I guess five fouls doesn't matter as much when you're not sitting the pine. You can't really go to anybody else because you don't have anybody to go to when he plays 39 minutes. So it's not like it's affecting his game, uh, his game, excuse me, his playing time. But he's had five fouls. He's fouled out a couple games already this season. You know, that stuff is still showing its head. Talking about organized defensively. Lamello's not that. He had eight turnovers, as you mentioned. So not a squeaky clean game. The shot selection was bad from Lamello. And then you go to the bench. And, I mean, Bryce McGowan's playing 29 minutes. Nick Richards, 25. Nick Smith, Jr., he actually played well, and his 15 minutes played, Wes. Steve Clifford was asked about— He hit a nice three down a stretch. When well, he was asked about him, and he said, Hey, Nick Smith Jr., he played better than the other guys out there. The first half was a lot because it's the Miami Heat, and they throw a lot of stuff at you you're not ready for as a rookie, but he learned from it and played better in the second half. Steve Clifford not here for the excuses. It doesn't matter if they're short man. I'm
2: here 100% for it, man, because it's the same story with this team over and over again, man. Guys have got to become pros. It's not just line it up and go out there and play every night and just see what happens, man. Guys got to really start taking this thing serious. And I was encouraged the other night when LaMelo – uh, not this game, but the Knicks game. He went to the bucket one time, got a little contact, put the shot in. He kind of flexed, but I saw some anger. I saw some emotion out of him barking back at the Knicks, and I kind of like that. They need more of that. This team for the last three, four seasons does not play with a sense of urgency and you'll see it at times when they get into some tight games but still the sense of urgency is not there on a night in night out basis to transform this team so that they can capitalize on the potential that they have and I think that's the thing that coach is getting frustrated with we're still waiting on them to start playing defense we're still waiting on them to really just take these games serious enough like you said there should be no reason after training camp and playing games together the guys are getting out there not knowing what to do that that's inexcusable and I know for Coach, man, it's got to be one of the most frustrating things uh, in the world. And it's still just so much stuff that we're still waiting on with this team. And until they start to make these things materialize, the wins are not going to come.
0: I want to talk a little bit about college basketball too. I want to get to Duke's bounce back win against Michigan State after they dropped their previous game to Arizona. Focusing on Charlotte just a little more, it we had a conversation in the fishbowl. We had this a little bit yesterday, too, about Steve Clifford's philosophy playing the right way in the regular season. So you're ready in the postseason. The problem is you got to get there. And so this is the this is the space that Steve Clifford has to figure out. Is it okay to play whatever you deem the right way? So when you get to the postseason, you're ready to go against the best teams in the league If it means sacrificing a couple of games in the regular season by not going small against Washington or Brooklyn or whatever, I don't think that kind of philosophy showed up in this game. This is where you just didn't execute. I mean, you had Nick Richards. It's not like you went small or you went away from what your identity is supposed to be. That's not what I saw in this particular contest. But this is a team now that's three and seven West. It's a bad start. I I know you got the injuries, but. You had a 10-game suspension for Miles Bridges. It seems extremely evident that the Charlotte Hornets operated this offseason as Miles Bridges was going to be a big ol' answer for the struggles they had last year and just injury luck hopefully being on their side. Well, it turns out it's not. It's getting pretty damn close to as bad as it was last year. And despite the easy schedule that you had in the first 10 games without Miles Bridges, they're 3-7. I was hoping for 6-4. I thought that was attainable, and it wasn't. Three and seven. Now Miles comes back. They're going to be better. That's how it's going to work. But are they going to be good enough to actually make a run at this thing? And that, to me, I just don't see it. Steve Clifford holding the guys accountable, that's great. I I, I still think, Wes... As we talk about the Panthers changes that are coming from the front office and the coaching staff, I think this season is going to be one that probably leads to Mitch Kupchak being gone and maybe even Steve Clifford being gone after his second
2: year. Well, not only that, this roster needs to shake shape up. It's time now. Mm-hmm. They, they need to shake this thing up. They need to bring in uh, a few more vets to this team. They need to go and find a better mix because this team right now, as I see it, A lot of the times, as I've commented before, man, I just don't see the maturity that you want to see from this roster. There's no leadership on this roster. Your franchise player, as much as I enjoy watching LaMelo, he's not a leader. Uh, Terry Rozier is not a leader. They don't have leadership on this team, and that is one of the biggest things that is hurting this squad, man. They come out there, and it feels like they just play. And it's like if they're close in the fourth quarter, then all right, they're going to get after it and, and see what happens. But it just doesn't seem like that leadership, that direction is there. Everything you just said is stuff that we should be hearing from the players. These guys should be saying, listen, we've got a schedule that we need to take advantage of right now. We've got to get wins against some of these teams that we're going against before we play some of the tougher competition in the Eastern Conference and in the NBA. And it's just not there, man. And and then just you're sick of it, man. You're just sick of it. Yeah, you get some flashy highlight plays here and there, man, but we need some intensity, some grit. In this town, from this basketball team,
0: and, and look, there's there's being too soft on the Charlotte Hornets, and there's being real. And the realistic scenario is that they're without four guys that are a huge part of this team: Brandon Miller, Terry rogier Gordon Hayward, Miles Bridges. I mean, that's a lot. So I do want to give the Hornets credit. I have no problem giving them credit through the first three quarters, especially in the fact that they played with their hair on fire all over the place. They gave a lot of effort execution down the stretch there's just nowhere else you can go if pj misses five shots he goes three of eight in the fourth Lamelo does the same thing it's really hard when you don't have everybody at your disposal but even still steve clifford's saying no we got to be organized i don't care if you're young we got to play the right way in order to get to the postseason and even compete once we do get there scott in belmont has an interesting question maybe we can address later on in the show In the show all it says is zach levine
3: Question mark?
2: Yeah, no. He gets hurt a lot. But for one, he's just not the type of guy that they need. The Hornets need to bring in some chemistry players as well. It can't just be a player that's a good score. Like, that's what I see from Zach Levine. I just see a guy that wants to go out and get his 30, 35, whatever it is, Now, the Hornets need a change in chemistry before things start to change.
0: All right. Maybe we get some other thoughts on Zach Levine, talk about college basketball. But also, we have a Panthers State of the Union address in the second segment. Diana Rossini has more on the latest with Frank Reich. Find out what it is. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
1: Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment.
0: The round ball conversation on Wes and Walker. Somebody asked about Zach Levine and whether the Charlotte Hornets should pursue him. Stanford P. wrote in Should the Hornets pursue Church League Josh Marlowe? How many problems would Church League Josh Marlowe fix for well, the squad? Well,
2: for one, once he gets the money, it's over with. Yeah, uh, he's you're a not going to get player. anything. Yeah, he's done. Con- yeah, yeah done. once he gets the money, all the problems are go. Gonna... He's going to add to the list of. Uh, transgressions that has happened around this town.
0: If Fiddy was negotiating for himself, I'm sorry. If I'm a team, only one-year contracts with you. I can't have <laughs> with, you I with, can't have you fat and happy 3-4 years on a contract. With
2: provisions yeah.
0: yeah, I gotta have Wrong. stuff in there where I can get out of it if heavy I need to. Heavy incentive laden <clears throat> yeah. contract. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Really not heavy incentive laden. Like just just a little above average, just to make sure you're doing your part. Because if you give, if I give you a five year contract with all yeah. the talent that Church League Marlowe has, nah, it's, it's done. Over. That's it.
3: I mean, here's the thing: you're, we're operating as if a small market franchise could even afford my talents and my gifts. <laughs> that that yeah. answer is no. Like they couldn't afford me on the court. Um, I'd coach the team, so now you got to pay me to be the coach. Like you definitely would coach. And and and, and I'm pretty confident I could put together a better roster than than the Mitch Kupchak. So now I'm the GM. Like you're talking so about. You're gonna be
0: like LeBron,
2: basically.
3: Yeah. They showed a nice compilation I saw on. Twitter over the
2: weekend of how much LeBron coaches during games and saying the guy was like I'm convinced Darvin Ham is an assistant. That's <laughs> LeBron the class- was coaching yeah. like
4: hell.
0: That that's classic. I I love hearing. I think it was. Kevin Garnett, that was talking about Gary Payton doing the same thing, he said Gary Payton had the most control over a basketball game I've ever seen, and he was cursing every other word. So yeah. he was saying bleep, bleep, bleep. Hey, ref, he's dribbling the basketball with a yeah. guy on his hip. He's saying, uh, ref, make sure you watch the hand check. Hey, yeah. Sean, cut, man. Cut. I don't know what you're doing. Hey, watch his hands over there on that cut. He's restricting him from going to this elbow, all while dribbling and crossing you up, going for 20 and 10. he
2: is the best, man. I mean, could you imagine playing against that guy, just how much
0: you would want to fight him? As we yes, as we go over like underrated interviews we've ever had, Gary Payton one of them. Got to interview Gary Payton one time. Oh, really cool, really cool, awesome didn't hold back now on anything. That shouldn't
2: be underrated. That guy's a legend. He was one you, of my favorite players in the 90s.
0: Yeah, real sweet. It was it was a lot of fun interviewing him. Alright, as we continue college, let's continue basketball talk. Let's go to the college scene. Duke got the win in the State Farm Champions Classic last night against Michigan State. The Spartans fall to 1-2, remember after they suffered a loss to James yeah. Madison to mm-hmm. open up the season. Duke, they win. They now are 2-1 and one after they lose to Arizona. A little more respectable when you lose, even if that at home to Arizona. How big of a win is this? Let's just get some rapid fire thoughts from you and Fiddy. Wes, you go first. What do you make of this win?
2: Uh, again, just an early season Game that you know will definitely help down the road, but again, it's Michigan State. All they do is lose to the top teams in the ACC. Duke is 15 and 4 now all time against Michigan State. They're 9 and 2 in the United Center. And Caleb Foster, man, he looks like a shooter. Seven or eight from the field, four, or five from beyond the arc, became the first freshman to shoot 80% or better from deep on at least five attempts since AJ Griffin did it last season, man. So. Uh, Duke, if one thing I did tell you guys before, because, of course, we have those highlights and many more on the ACC Digital Network on all platforms. But this Duke team, you know, they're not very exciting. You're not going to get a lot of dunks. I know we've gotten used to the Zions and all of those guys and the high-flying antics, and uh, they don't have much of that. This looks like a solid, uh, fundamental team.
3: I think the thing you got to like if you're a Duke fan is – They defended last night while their offense wasn't – I mean, they scored two points in the first seven minutes of the game. And we're still in the game because of the way that they defended. So, for a team to have all the expectations on them to win an ACC championship, to go to the Final Four, they've bought in on that end of the floor to start the season, and that'll pay dividends as the season moves along. Yeah, it seems like that's a foundation of Shire. It's like you're not going to get minutes
2: playing
0: for the Blue Devils if you're not willing to D up. How about some bench production? Something – I think that's often overstated in North Carolina was the most egregious example of just never playing your bench guys when Hubert Davis first took over and you had to ride your top five or you just didn't have anybody. That's oftentimes what you see a lot in college. The college coaches will just go with their top five, maybe have one guy off the bench. Duke had that a little bit, too. Foster scoring 18, though, coming off of the bench in 29 minutes. That was big for him, 7 of 8, while Proctor struggled from the field and Filipowski struggled from the field. Those
2: back-to-back threes he hit down the stretch, kind of iced the game.
0: Yeah, so Duke picking up that win. How big it was after Michigan State loses to James Madison, I'll let the public decide. But you couldn't lose it, and they didn't, so they get that victory. Let's go with the Carolina Panthers. Let's talk about Diana Rossini, who continues to report on the frank reich situation here in the queen city we have more sound from diana here she is on the athletic football show discussing the amount of frustration within the organization
1: in carolina the sense i'm getting there and from having multiple conversations is that there's frustration with the way this offense is performing the development of bryce young the overall effort and energy from the players and from the coaches the way the sideline looks during the game. I had one person say or describe it to me as looking lifeless. Um, so these are all parts of this team that ownership has seen themselves. They're looking at it. They're discussing it. They're having conversations about whether or not they feel that Frank Wright is the right guy as a head coach to get the best out of Bryce Young. So I think in terms of a leash right now, I, I think it's a short one for the future of this coaching staff because the what they thought this would look like, what they thought this would be with all these different assistants, with all these different uh, backgrounds and philosophies, what they were hoping for this to look like versus the reality that it's just too far apart. And and I think the only way this staff can keep their jobs by the end of this year will be if there's significant improvement. And and we'll just have to see if they're going to be able to put this together.
0: Congrats. You start with the Cowboys. (laughs) That's what we're looking for. Improvement right away. Tampa Bay's defense is good. They have them in three weeks, but it's certainly a winnable game. If if Carolina can beat Houston because of a defensive-led performance, I do think the same thing can be said with Tampa Bay. But it's not going to be easy, Wes. I hope that we see improvement for the sake of Bryce Young, because I want the number one overall pick at the QB position. I want to see that guy continue to improve, but we haven't seen a lot Um, at the beginning of this season, we saw some improvement and then it was awful the last two weeks. So I can understand the frustration within that organization, but man, if you have another showing, like you did against the Colts and the bears against the Cowboys, you have the built in excuse that this is among the best defenses on all of football, but it's still going to be hard to see them score 13 again. I'm not going to feel better just because I know it's Dallas. It feels like it's going to be hard to get better at least this weekend, well,
2: well, the thing is, when she talks about the demeanor on the sidelines, it's like it's hard to get excited when you're a bad defensive team. Like you're If you're a bad offensive team and you can score points, then I think people can digest that a little bit easier. But when you're 26 defensively and rushing yards allowed per game – You can't run because you're 27th in the league in rushing yards per game. So you can't run. You can't stop the run. So, you know, I use the term defensive team loosely. A lot of people are applauding what Ejero Evro is doing. And he's done a decent job, especially considering the injuries. But uh, you're talking about second worst in the league in yards per play. It's hard to get excited and feel confident going into a game, especially a juggernaut like the Cowboys, or any other team when you know that you are incapable of scoring, you're incapable of protecting a quarterback, you're incapable of running the football. It's just like as a fan, if you're watching a team that you know absolutely can't score, no matter what happens, you can give them a turnover on the plus 30, the plus 10. And you're like, oh, we're probably going to get a field goal. If we're lucky, it's hard to have a great demeanor week in and week out. And at this seat, at this, point in the season with the Panthers record, the season's been decided. And so I think that's why you see a lot of what you see on the sidelines. There's no energy there, no juice uh, with this football team. And those are the reasons why.
0: All right. So we heard from Diana Rossini on Frank Reich and the frustration with the Panthers. Let's go to what some of the Panthers legends have to say about the current iteration of this franchise. Greg Olson joined Mac and Bone earlier this week, and he discussed how Reich Despite him thinking about taking play calling duties and us having a problem with it back from Thomas Brown, Greg Olson does think that Frank Reich needs to be the play caller if that's what he was hired to be.
4: If Frank was brought in because of his ability to develop a quarterback and his ability to you know, be a play caller and, and run an offensive scheme along with a lot of other different offensive minds that you know, we're highly celebrated coming into this season and rightfully so. If that's, if that was the foundation for which he was, the decision to hire him was on, then he needs to be your play caller.
0: I agree. The problem is I agree with that a month ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is why we questioned the decision at the time to hand play calling duties to Thomas Brown. There were people clamoring for it. And I understand because you didn't feel like you could do anything else. There was one move that was real easy to make. And it was to switch play callers. Thomas Brown, it's not working with Frank Reich. Thomas, bring some of that Sean McVay juju and sprinkle it on our guys here on that side of the ball. Can we win a football game? Can we score enough points? Now, they won. They beat Houston. The offense looked better. But as many people will point out on the text line, they still only scored 15 points. And then it got a lot worse against the Colts. Bryce Young got a lot worse against the Colts. Same thing happened against Chicago on a short week. Still looked bad. I agree with Greg Olson. It's it's exactly why they hired him, Wes. When you hire an offensive mind, it's not because, oh, we want his philosophy and we want him to give control to somebody else as the play caller. You hire Frank Reich because you want him to be the guy making the decisions Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, also on Sunday. You want him making the decisions not only whether to go for it, not game management decisions, but every single play that is called, you want that more likely or more often than not coming from the head coach. That's why you bring him in. So it was why I had a problem in the first place, just like you did, to hand it over to Thomas Brown, to, as you mentioned, hand him a hot potato, too hot, he can't handle it, and no one could. Yeah. The task is too, to, too, too tall to be able to handle that. And now it makes Thomas Brown look bad. And so when we defend this decision, it's really defending Thomas Brown. We didn't like it in the first place. Now Frank Reich is going to bring it back to himself, which it might be the right decision. You just hate how Thomas Brown was done in the process.
2: Yeah, and even going back further, it's like when they made the decision not to go with Coach Wilkes. we knew they wanted an offensive mind, whether it be Ben Johnson or Frank Reich or anyone of the sort. And so once you go get an offensive guy, it's supposed to improve the offense, supposed to – uh, develop your young quarterback then that's what you want to see and so I thought that that was a huge indictment on Reich to give up the play calling duties in the first place because like we've been saying this is what you are brought in for you are quote-unquote an offensive guy you are supposed to take the Panthers into the next phase of football with all of these other teams that are doing a lot of dynamic things on offense and so we haven't seen anything dynamic all season you tell us during the preseason hey we're playing this thing close to the vest but hey, wait till we get to the regular season, man. You're going to see something different. And we've seen nothing different. This offense has been inept in every single way possible. And yes, the offensive line, because you're not very good up front, has played a large portion in that. But it's like we don't even see much to try to even coach around that. We don't try to see deception. We don't try to see some, you know, not even necessarily trick plays, but just things to try to get the offense to – get the defense off balance so that you can't cover up the fact that, Hey, maybe we can't block for very long, but we're going to try to do something to throw the defense off so that we can get somebody free to be able to do this or that. So this has just been a bleep show from the start.
0: And now you look at Houston, the quarterback that the Panthers could have had in CJ Stroud is now in the MVP conversation. And sometimes that's far fetched, but I don't think it's crazy to say that CJ is maybe a top five guy based on what he's done so far Not anymore. I don't think he's the favorite. I don't think he should win as of right now, but no. the dude's putting up a, a, a nice case and yeah, Panthers could have had him. And that's just the reality of the situation. If you let Greg Olson tell it. And I think truthfully so here's Greg Olson, once again, discussing the life of the NFL and yeah, even if it's right or wrong, you're going to go with a lot of comparisons.
4: The reality right now is any time two quarterbacks at the top of the draft are are connected to one another, like their careers will be forever. When one guy comes out hot and one guy comes out you know, struggling right now on on a team that's got one win, the the comparisons are inevitable. And and Bryce is going to have to be compared to D.J. Stroud the rest of his career, and the Panthers' decision will be compared to the Texans' decision for the rest of their careers. And... I think there's a lot of factors i think there's scheme i think there's personnel i think there's offensive line what they're being asked to do i i don't think it's necessarily an indictment that dj stroud's career will just forever be at a different you know kind of trajectory than bryce but listen this is this is a big boy game and, and right now you're based on on your results you're based on your performance and right now not only is C.J. stroud the, the rookie of the year he's as crazy as it sounds, if they have, if they're still in the running to win their division, the Texans at the end of the year, and he continues to play like this, I, I don't think all this MVP talk is completely crazy.
0: It's not crazy. It's not, and that's what has Carolina Panthers fans really angry. I mean, frustrated seems, you know, not even the right word here. I, we've got straight up raging fans on the text line. We almost had an organized march on Mint Street. If there wasn't for a kids event happening over at bank of America stadium in that area, then people would have been marching next to the stadium before we got to the Cowboys game barely at the halfway point of the season. But you can see that coaching staff. If you look at Josh Norris of underdog fantasy, does a lot of great work. I think you saw him break down the offense from Bobby Slowick, what he's doing with CJ Stroud play action boot, putting tight ends in motion there were a lot of successful plays you saw against Cincinnati because of the scheme, and C.J. Stroud thriving in that scheme. No taking credit away from what Stroud's doing, but the situation is better based off of offensive play calling and some of the weapons, even if we didn't know it, playing a lot better. Then you compare it to Bryce Young, where you're lined up in a lot of 11 personnel, the Rams are doing the same thing, but the Rams are using motion a lot more, and the Panthers just don't do it. Now I wonder if you're trying to simplify things for your QB in order to not put too much on his plate even if this was someone that was supposed to be the smartest QB that we've seen in quite some time when it came to processing but even so i think what it goes to show you is that it doesn't mean you can be any less creative just because you got a smart QB doesn't mean you can't be less creative whether whether he's ready for it or not it feels like the creativity is lacking and hurting Bryce Young. And it doesn't matter how smart you are, a lack of creativity is always going to hurt your QB. Yeah,
2: and the thing that's funny, too, is that a lot of the things that we're seeing from Stroud are a lot of the things we thought we were going to see from Bryce Young. Like, he looks like the more cerebral quarterback. He looks like the guy that was more... Pro ready today. And I mean, when you look at what he's on pace to finish with, I mean, he's playing better football than a lot of the greats right now. A lot of the guys that are at the top of the game. Uh, When you look at Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, you know, right now, today, CJ Stroud is on pace for 30 touchdowns and two interceptions over 4,800 passing yards. And that's ahead of what Mahomes and Hurts and Jackson all are on pace to do right now. And so he's playing spectacular football. Nobody saw this coming. That's why I don't necessarily fault the Panthers in this type of situation. It's always going to be a little difficult uh, when you have to choose between two things. But, again, like you said, that's not to say that Bryce Young can't get there. Everybody starts a race at a certain point. Some guys are going to get out ahead. It's just that Bryce looks like a guy that's going to need a little bit more before he's able to flourish and show you the things uh, that he's capable of doing. I thought in the Houston game, I thought we saw glimpses because – a lot of what we saw there was what we saw from him in college. Like, yeah, he can play from the pocket, but this is also a guy that's great when the pocket breaks down. And I thought that's where a lot of Carolina's chunk plays in that Houston game came from when things started to break down and he showed you what he's capable of doing. It's just going to take Bryce a little bit more time, but Greg Olson is dead on. You get picked with a guy in the draft, no matter what sport it is, you guys are going to be compared forever and, CJ Stroud is definitely applying that pressure on Bryce Young and the Carolina Panthers and making them look like they made the wrong decision right now.
0: Um, I don't think we have enough time. I I would love to get to the John McClain sound. I don't know if we have that in the system, but John McClain, McClain, the Houston legend Mm -hmm. beat writer that's been doing it for quite some time, really ever since the Texans were in existence down there. He talked about who the Houston Texans would have selected at number one and that it would have been Bryce Young. And we all know that. I think one conversation that isn't being had enough, though, is that the Texans almost did not draft a QB at all. So I'm never one to hate on a team because they fell backwards into what was a great situation because you got to have a plan B. Like, okay, this guy didn't fall to us. We would have taken him. But when you make good plan B's, when you have a good plan C, then maybe your franchise can survive or even thrive in Houston's case when you don't get the guy that you want. Here is the statement from McLean himself on who the Texans would have selected number one.
3: But I think, and Mm -hmm. they'll never admit this, if they'd had the number one pick, they would have taken Bryce Young, even though there were a lot of people out there who had Stroud rated over Bryce Young, and they didn't hesitate to take him second overall. They never paid any attention to the S2 cognition test. They don't subscribe to it. They only went by what they saw, and D'Amico played a big role in it. He wanted Stroud. The serial said, all right, let's get him. They got him, then they traded up with Will Anderson uh, to get him as third overall pick, and they still have picks left from the trade for Watson to Cleveland, so it's not like mm-hmm. they're going to be destitute in the draft. But uh, I think it was Young and then Stroud.
0: That's why I'm not going to hate on the Texans as we end real quickly. If, if, it's, if it's true that they were always going to take Stroud— If they didn't get young, then hats off to them. That's the draft, okay? A guy goes before you want him. They turn out into a bust. Oh, well. You did the best with what you could at that situation. They selected C.J. Stroud, despite the reports that they might not select a QB, and they're reaping the benefits of
2: it. That's why you make a draft board, man, and they followed it and it came through for him. So, you know, like you said, hats off to them. But there's a lot to be told before this story is over with between these two guys.
0: All right, speaking of finding QBs, Charlotte, we thought, may have found their QB a couple weeks ago. Trexler-Ivy, and that offense scored a lot of points against Memphis ivy did have quite a few turnovers though that eventually would cost them the game or help do so let's talk more about the charlotte 49ers football season with hunter bailey of the charlotte observer and the charlotte post he's coming up next sports radio 92.7 wfnz
1: life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kisimta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
0: controversy in the Planet Kia studios, but he's been exposed. Oh, no. Every time Wes orders some food.
3: Wes out here capping big th- time. Nope,
0: nope. Every time. I, I'm a Get witness. Him. I Get can him. tell. Every time Wes orders food, Fitty says, You're not going to ask me if I want anything? I've I've asked him
2: five times and he turned me down. It's true. But but every time he orders food, I don't ever get it. Hey, Wes, you want to get in on this with us? Every time. You want some wings or nothing like that, man?
0: We we don't get that. And he got exposed Yeah, he did. Mm. You're doggone right he did. Flounder walked into the studio wearing sunglasses, by the way. Looking like a straight Super
2: cool today, man. I love the vibes. As the kids say, uh, Flounder's a vibe today.
0: Big time vibe. I appreciate everything Flounder is about today. So he walked Walks in with wings that are just smelling so good. I mean, phenomenal. <laughs> they smell so good. <laughs> and Flounder said, "Hey, Fiddy's paying today, so now there's even more of uh, a reason for you to be mad at him for yeah, not. You know, asking Flounder if ain't gonna help something. him.
2: You know, Flounder. As much as he throws Flounder under the bus, you know, Flounder ain't gonna help him out. So Flounder mm. definitely was yep. adding into the core.
0: I, I hate you. you. I hate your guts. <laughs> I just want you to explain yourself." I, the floor is yours. If there's a reason, just go ahead and explain yourself. What's
3: yeah, w- what's there to be said? Like, I have offered many a time to take y'all out to eat, been begging to go on a show lunch for like a month and a half. Right, but that has nothing to do with me and you and you
0: trying to get me in on your order. And also that begging has uh, been pretty quiet, I would say. Yeah, he does.
2: He's so great, though. He just casually skips over the main topic and just... Tries to turn the narrative. Here we go. Tries to turn the narrative where he wants it. Go ahead, Fitty.
0: Yeah, The floor's yours again.
3: I mean, it's just what... <laughs> you know, look. <like, laughs> it's, <a,
0: laughs>
3: it's what makes me, me. Uh, it's what makes y'all... Wes, next time I order wings, uh-huh. I'll ask you if you want some food. All right. I'll and be- and I'm more than happy to buy you some food. And you always tell me you've ordered lunch. Like, you'll come back be like, yeah, my lunch is here. Okay, but then after you complain... Because I'd offered before that, and you
2: turned me down. I've been Listen, talking
3: we, about that Greek place for like three months. But I said, like, "Let's go. Let's let's go there because they don't deliver." But you don't ever offer. Like, yo, Fiddy, you wanna go get some Greek? <laughs> <laughs> Never that want. man ain't it's said gross. one
2: time. Do Do you want to go there? <laughs> it's so gross. I had to tell him that we that they don't deliver. But then there were several times I said, "Hey, Fiddy, I'm getting teriyaki madness today. Yep. You want some? Or I'm gonna order food today. Do you want some?" And I get excuses, but well, never
0: once has he said, Hey Wes, you wanna get in on our food order today? Can you imagine what he might get away with if there wasn't a witness backing you up, Wes? I man. mean it would just be what you know, he said. He, he missed said. his call and Fitty should have gone to school to be a lawyer. Let's Let, he would be great.
3: Let's not talk about what I've gotten away with and no, what you no. got away with before I finally exposed it this morning. <laughs> Fiddy reminds Don't me you a lot do that. of Don't you?
0: um West, yeah, change the subject real quickly. What <laughs> what does he remind you of, Wes?
2: He reminds me of uh Carlito's lawyer in Carlito's way. Uh I'm trying to it's the guy that John Leguizamo... I'm a I mean, um, no, they're, they're lawyer. He reminds me a lot of the guy that Sean Penn played, David Kleinfield, just a dirty, gritty lawyer that would have people leaving death messages on his machine. But he's still a good enough lawyer that gangsters want him representing him because of the way he can
0: change the narrative. That he feels flattered. I saw him shaking his head in yeah, approval of that him. comparison. I'm gonna start I mean, calling that, him David Klinefield.
3: That, that that name fits me. I'm going through Breaking Bad. <laughs> I mean, I think Saul Goodman is the guy I'm trying to be because Saul's an all time great. TV character, but look, man, you aspire to be Saul Goodman. I'll just say, I've,
0: to, oh, never, oh, no spoiler, no spoiler, no spoiler.
3: I'll just say, you know, I've, I've, I've learned, I've learned some things from my relationships and then I just, uh, you take my lessons out on you guys. I
0: don't want yeah, you don't applying even know your what relationship lessons been. to us. Yeah, I don't even know what I, those from the stories that I've heard, this is no judgment. This is going off of what you have told us. Well, I don't want any of those lessons applied to us. What have I told you? You, please. You do not want Why does he do that to himself? Um, it's He's digging his own hole. I don't yeah. know why he would be doing that. I got to tell you, I know we said it at the beginning, those wings. Why do they smell different today? They always smell good.
2: Yeah. Do y'all have some dry rub in there? Or something? I smell some it garlic. It smells like it. Yep, Boy, dry, I got a yeah, nose. Look at yeah. that bloodhound yeah. right there. It
0: does smell like that, though. Yeah. Is it the lemon pepper dry rub? Is that what you got? What do There's you have? There's something with garlic in it. Cajun dry rub.
2: Yeah, yeah My mom would get this out. dry rub from um, when we go to Picasso, and it smells
0: a little bit like that. Dry rub, I a little hot take, I think. I like dry rub better. Oh, oh wow. I love saucy. I love saucy. They eat their own, but I like a sauce. I, I like sauce a lot. Trust me. Love me some saucy chicken wings or saucy nugs, as Willie might say. <laughs> calling boneless chicken wings saucy nugs. Like it all. Love the sauce. You can. Lather it up. Totally Talking to it. the sauce boss here. But dry rub is my favorite. A good dry rub, man. It just tastes so good. I mean, they could be
2: good. I, I do like I do like lemon pepper for sure. And then, like I said, it, it Jim and Nick's my favorite wings, mm-hmm. they are dry rub, but then they have the white sauce on top of them. So, I guess that's a sauce wing.
3: Speaking of Willie, he texted me last night because you weren't at the Hornets game. And he was sitting beside somebody he did not know. <laughs> Sorry, Willie. Bro, and, I, and I quote... I miss tall man
0: <laughs> right back at you. Willie <laughs> right back at you. We got some talks going on at the spectrum center when we're in uh, attendance for a game, man, Wait, me and Willie, you know, just, just chalking it up or talking it up, whatever to, you know, watching the Hornets lose a couple times here and there. Like we've had some good moments over there. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say I was calling the Queens game last night though. Shout out to the Royals picking up a big old victory against high point. What is supposed to be a budding rivalry, the Bart Lundy Classic, having coached at both schools, and Queens able to win 74-72. Uh, A.J. McKee going to the line, hitting some crucial free throws. Shout out to Queens. Just wanted to give them a quick shout. Man, are we
2: one of the most versatile shows Like out there? All three of us have Tell multiple things going on. Tell them. I, I mean, think, you know, Kyle's got a lot going on, got I think, three right? jobs. Yeah. I have two, sometimes three. Mm-hmm.
0: We got we got a lot going Fitty on. Fiddy as well. We got a lot going on. Yeah, well, no y'all got thing. y'all got four corners. Y'all got heel tough block. Yeah, but also Flounder's able to to claim that on Mac and Bone as no well. No doubt about it. So Flounder but takes us
2: as a collective. Yeah, man, it's a hard-working group.
0: Yeah, and but when Fiddy left the fishbowl, Flounder was talking about how much more he does for the website than Fiddy, mm-hmm. and so he mm. wore the sunglasses and said that. Anyways, go. we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll continue <laughs> to talk about the.